everyone and welcome to today's episode of Women's Football Success. Today is January 23rd and I hope everybody's having a great week. Episode 1904 today. I'm your host Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington. Real quick my disclaimer, I am an attorney. I'm licensed to practice law in the state of Arkansas. However, I'm not your attorney so if you have an issue um, related to your business Contact an attorney in your jurisdiction with experience in the problem that you have and get in touch with them. All the information that I provide here on the radio or on the website or in our print or digital material is all business information. It does not create an attorney-client relationship. So, Women's Football Success, episode 1904. So glad to have you guys here today been a very very busy week um, we're moving offices we're also changing some things and then we um, have started up practices for women's football it's been kind of difficult because of weather and I'm sure that everybody around the U.S. is dealing with similar issues you know even the people in the south are having issues with uh, finding um, places to have their um, practices just so you know, that is an alarm that goes off at, on Wednesdays at noon. So it makes sure that the nuclear plant that's close by is still running smoothly. So apologize for that. But um, we are starting our football practices. We have a ton of ladies coming out, which is really, really good. Um, so things are going well, but it is very difficult to find practice space indoors. And it is very, very cold when you're practicing outdoors. So most importantly, try and stay healthy, not get sick. Um, you might be able to hear my congestion, so I apologize for that as well. But um, it's the time of year when we're all kind of getting coughs and colds and sicknesses. So this is from being outside last week um, in the major weather issues. So... Today we're going to be talking about part two. Um, I talked about um, making women's football success, uh, making women's football a successful industry. And last week I talked a little bit about legitimizing women's football and what we need to do um, to create a serious industry within women's football. There's a lot of information out there that is incorrect, which makes it difficult for other organizations to come through for us and be a part of women's football. So it makes it very difficult to um, get those sponsorships. So part two of this is creating a great foundation in women's football. So part one was having honest, true, legitimate um, news sources that are providing correct information <clears throat> and that's been difficult in women's football at best. Um, there's a lot of information out there that is either incorrect or is not being um, communicated to the public in the proper way. So that creates difficulty in the industry with um, being taken seriously and being seen as a legitimate industry. Part two is setting a foundation. And whether it's a league or a team, they need to set a foundation that's... Uh, true, concrete, and proper. Um, just like a, the foundation of a house, you know, the, the 
walls and the roof have a difficult time staying up if the foundation is built incorrectly or poorly. So um, the WFA has done a really good job in the past uh, decade creating a foundation for women's football. As I've talked about before, the WFA has over 70 teams throughout the U.S. and is building uh, each year, becoming stronger and stronger. So that is awesome. What I wanted to share with you guys today is individual um, team foundation things that we can work on. And I thought it was very important because a lot of people that come into women's football, they do it because they love women's football. They don't necessarily love business or understand business. So I wanted to share with you a couple of the things that we need to make sure are intact and running smoothly to create a good foundation for your football team. And we'll get into a little bit of that. Um, what I first want to talk about is the measurements. You know, there's there's no way to tell how your women's football team is doing, uh, like a KPI. Most of you guys that have have jobs that you work on the outside, you have KPI, key performance indicators that that tell you how things are running, how things are going throughout um, the year. With women's football, key performance indicators that I use um, in my women's football team um, include number of players, funding, sponsorships, and then ultimate um, participation in eight regular season games. So that's the basic foundational components that we use to, to determine how we are doing as a team on a business, from a business standpoint. Now, of course, if you do, if you, for example, cannot participate in all eight of your regular season games because you have to forfeit, whether it's because of number of players or financial issues, then you have failed to meet one of your major foundational goals of your women's football team. And that goes back to same thing, um, Player-wise, if you failed to meet the number of players that you have, even though you were able to play all your games, now you've successfully played your games, so you reached that threshold. However, you did not have the um, number of players that you meant to have or were, or should have had for the whole season. That goes back to the pre-planning -pre and stuff that we've been doing the last couple months, hoping that you have... When you hit the ground running in January, that you had enough players to sustain the, the year. We also talked about the percentages that you needed to be able to get through to the end of the season. So hopefully people are using that pre-planning to make sure that they meet the foundational goals or the KPIs for women's football. You may set up different uh, key performance indicators for what you are looking for. Um, but minimally, you should be wanting to successfully participate in four home and four away games for your WFA team, right? So whether you, you know, wanted to have 10 sponsors, 10 $2,000 sponsors or 10 $5,000 sponsors and you only had five, um, that's something that you can get past. 
However, the next year you want to make sure that it happens. Okay. So you want to set up these foundational elements to make sure that you are meeting your minimum performance indicators and then beating those each year. Okay. So I'm going to share with you kind of the, the six or seven things that I look at in my team um, to evaluate whether I'm laying a good foundation and then what I do to advance or expand on that in the, in the additional years. So if you are a women's football team, so if you've, if you've just been a women's football team, you may have been out there for 10 years, but you don't have a business plan, you don't have a business model, um, you're kind of just winging it every year, this is the year to sit down and lock in some foundational components for your organization, okay? If you've only been around three or four years and you're still winging it, same thing. If you are new, you know, this is your first year in women's football or this is your first two or three years, um, you may have a business plan, you may not, but what you need to do is make sure that your planning and your guidelines include these components because you can get off track fairly quickly we talked earlier in the season, probably in, uh, it was November, December, about branding. And I talked about the fact that he set out a brand and then you have to own it. You have to stay with it. So if your brand is promoting girls, right? If, you're, if your brand is promoting mentorships, then you don't want to be putting videos out there of you cussing at everybody and yelling and screaming at the players. That's not gonna promote girls wanting to play football, right? If you are putting out there that you are for women's equality, but then you step on every woman in your way, then your brand isn't matching your process that you that you work. And it, it's easy to get off that guideline or off that tangent. So make sure that Everything is in line. We talked about that. Make sure everything is in line. The organizations that you're volunteering for match your team direction. If you're all for LGBT, um, and but then you're doing, I don't know, uh, working at a homeless shelter, again, may be in line, may not be in line, but you need to make sure that it's aligning because you're sending the wrong message to the community. They're, they're getting confused. So let me talk about the things that we're going to get down to the foundational stuff, and then we're going to talk about how you would expand. So it's very important for you to set this foundation and do it for one, two, three years. Make sure you have it nice and solid, compact, good, and working, right? Nice, good, solid foundation. And then start expanding up to these different things. A lot of teams get so caught up in seeing what other teams do that they're just running around in circles, okay? So it's great to get back to basics and make sure that you are doing what you need to do for your team right now, not what everybody else is doing. Okay, so I put together before, I, we have a basic budget, we have an uh, intermediate budget, we have an advanced budget. Again, that, that goes very very well in line with what we're doing here on the foundational side. Okay, so as a women's football team, 
you need to know you need to know your products and your services know your products and your services so basically you know down to the basic point everybody should understand that women's football team you are selling a product you are not selling a service okay um, we talked about this in in earlier radio shows your product needs to be in line and strong before you start moving on to selling other products. Now, yes, your merchandise is a product, right? Your concession stand is a product. But before you start working on concession stands and merchandise, make sure your football product is good. That includes the number of players. That includes your uniforms. That includes the way they play on the field, people coming to practices, people understanding the game of football, that needs to be foundational first, okay? You may have the best products out there, and there are some teams that have great products, but they are shitty on the football field. Okay, what's going to happen is people are going to come buy the products the first year, and they're not going to come back because they don't want to see them play football again. Does that make sense? So you need to make sure that your team is a competitive football team first and then work on your products or other products, additional products. Okay, so again, know your audience is number two. So what we do is, this goes back to the branding part of it and the foundational part of it. I need to know who my audience is in order to create, I don't know, a theme. So a lot of times uh, in women's football, and we do it too, we have a theme night. So each of our games have a theme and we try to promote those people that are in that. So for example, last year we did one that was um, firefighter, uh, first responders night. So firefighters, police officers, emergency room workers. Okay. And so we provided them with half price tickets if they showed their badge. Um, and then they got in for a, a discount price. So we were able to bring a lot of them out. Um, the idea is, is that if that's not your, if that's your, so if that's your audience, then the whole product that night needs to go towards that audience. Okay. Um, so it needs to be congruent and in line. If you're, so for example, we went back to, if your whole brand revolves around children, then your theme nights need to revolve around children. Your products need to revolve around children. And your player's conduct needs to revolve around children. Okay? So it's important, if you have a different audience at each game, which some teams do, this the theme thing, they'll have the first responders night, and then they'll have like a breast cancer awareness night. And then they'll have, I don't know, um, student athletes night, different nights where you're, you're catering to a different audience. Again, it still needs to be in line with your brand. If your brand is community, then it makes sense, right? If your brand is giving to the community and you have all these different community themed nights, then it works. It makes sense. You're building a foundation within your community that you are a community-involved organization, okay? Next thing is, is 
knowing your value within the community. So <clears throat> one of the things that really, really hurts women's football teams, they are so used to giving discounts. I've mentioned this a couple times in different radio shows, but I haven't gotten really specific about it. So a lot of times a team will have, let's say, a $10 ticket for adults and $5 tickets for children. And then they'll have so many discounts going on that they don't make any money. If you're discounting your tickets half off for everybody that day or giving free tickets or giving t-shirts away, right? You are making no money. You're actually losing money to have that game. Um, if that's your if that's your idea or if that's what you're trying to do, then great. But typically in women's football, you don't have the time to lose money on a game because you only have four opportunities to make money in a whole year, okay? Um, you have four game days to make money. That excludes any online purchases, right, and, and merchandise purchases that are done away um, or any kind of event, fundraising event that you do. But you have four major days to make money for your team. And if you discount things so low that you're actually losing money, then um, you're doing your team a disservice. You really are not a... Uh, in, in the business of women's football because um, you're giving it away. Um, it's a hobby for you. You should not be claiming it on your taxes if you're just doing this as a hobby, okay? So if you are, for round numbers, let's do this. So if you are uh, a $10 ticket and you're half pricing them to $5 and then you have t-shirts on sale for $6 and uh, hot dogs at the concession stand are 50 cents, um, then you are pretty much setting yourself up for a failure that day. What you need to realize is that your women's football team is worth something. It has a value. And you need to put that value out to the community in a way that they understand that paying a $10 ticket or a $15 ticket is super cheap. They would pay $20 for the ticket and they're getting it for $15. So what do you need to do within your women's football team to make it valuable to the customer to want to come to your game instead of go anywhere else? What are you doing? That is an important question that you need to get at, and that will create the foundation of bringing in the value of what your football team means. I always have a lot of players saying, hey, we really need to discount the tickets or we need to give away free t-shirts for people to come. And it's a, it's a no, it's a no. Um, it's, it's a nice gesture and we do it from time to time. But ultimately, if you're in the business of women's football and you're trying to create a product, you cannot just give it away for free all the time. And when I say free, it doesn't necessarily mean free. Um, if you take, a, say your stadium costs $1,000, right? And you have 100 people, right? Because you're not filling up the stadium. $1,000, 100 people, $10 tickets are the minimum for you to break even. 
If you're selling children's tickets, then you're losing money. But that's that's the name of the game. So you have to make up for it in other tickets. So you either need to have more than 100 people come in at $5 a ticket, or you can't sell less than a $10 ticket. So how do we do this? A combination of those. You sell some $5 tickets for children, right? And you try to get over 100 people in the stands. You need to have now have, you need to have 150, right? So you need to have 100 $10 tickets and 55 $5 tickets to make some money. And we're not even talking about all the other expenses, okay? So if you guys, so what I hear a lot of is teams that have 100 people in the stands or 200 people, they paid $2,000 for their field, and they have referees they have to pay, and they have a game announcer, right? And they're giving away free t-shirts. That's hurting people bad. Teams are hurting bad when they do, do things like that. So it's really important to look at all the numbers together, not just one thing at a time. A lot of times, teams that end up getting themselves in that situation, what they're doing is they're saying, okay, $5 tickets, I'll get more people in the stands. And if the t-shirts only cost me $5 and I'm selling them for 15, right? And I divide it in half, so 7.50, I'm still making $2.50 on each t-shirt, right? But the $2.50 on each t-shirt doesn't make up for your losses everywhere else so guys we need to get we need to get on the ball about this because what's happening is teams year after year are doing this and losing money every year and wondering how they possibly are losing money this is how this is why teams are losing money because they're not looking at the whole picture and all of their expenses right so what i suggest in that situation is what you need to do is you need to take the cost of all of your stadium costs, right? So say, you know, total, let's say total your stadium, your referees, etc., cost you $2,000, right? And then add in an away game cost. So your cost should be about $3,500 a game, right? So that's $1,500 for an away game travel and $2,000 for a home travel. If you think of it that way, right? Because you have you don't make any money on an away game, but you have to cover the expenses for an away game. So you need to cover the expenses for the home and the away game every home game in order to break even and have zero profit, okay? So that would be a goal that I would put down for some women's football teams is to be able to cover the home and the away game costs each game. So for the four home games, you cover the four home games and the four away games. That would be a great goal. Okay, so the other thing that I think that a lot of teams are missing out on with creating a good foundation for their organization is asking questions. Um, I actually reach out to um, all the Division Three teams and most of the Division Two teams 
uh, within the WFA, asking questions, asking if they have any issues or suggestions or, or need help with something. Um, I check in on them and ask them, you know, how many players you have, how is things going, anything, everything. Um, people need to be willing to ask questions. Um, and no question is a stupid question. Uh, we have our players right now. Speaking of January, um, we have our, our we had our mini camp, um, which was a huge success. I'm very happy with that. And then we had our first practices. And then we did our football 101. Um, so Coach Mike sat down and did a recording for the girls, football 101, and went through everything, all the basic foundational stuff. Love it. Okay, that's what you need to be doing so that these people can then be solid veterans for you next year. And they, you know that they know everything. You know that they have learned all the stuff or you know that they have access to all the resources you've provided them. The next thing that you need to be doing to create this foundation, again, stop looking at what all the other teams are doing that have been around for 5, 10, 15 years because you're not there yet. Um, or if you've been around 10 years and you're still kind of going around in circles and just throwing things at the wall and hoping they stick, um, let's let's start using this foundational process and build a foundation in women's football. So we talked about our product, right? We talked about our audience. We talked about our value. We talked about questions, asking questions, getting answers to our questions. Next, the next thing that I think is very important that I use with my women's football team is developing processes, okay? Um, and a lot of teams go year by year and they just kind of, when it comes up, they do it. When it comes up, they do it. We've done this every year. We did this with the Lone Star Mustangs. We did, did this with the Tulsa Eagles and the Little Rock Wildcats. And now we do it with the Dallas Elite. Each time you do something, you develop a process. Now, in the end, it might come down, you didn't like that. You didn't like doing that event or you didn't like participating in that. That's fine. But you have the process written down. And you can alter it. You can change it. You can tweak it a little bit. You don't necessarily have to do the same event. You'll still have to do a, an event. If you're in women's football, you're going to have to do a fundraiser event, right? You're going to have to do a promotional event of some sort. So rather than reinventing the wheel every darn time you do it, why not take that process, determine what was wrong with it, and do it again? And then tweak it again, right? So develop, you should have processes for everything. If any of you have been to my games, I have a process for the ticket counter. I have a process for the concession stand. I have a process for uh, water on the sidelines. We have a process for the away team. We have a process for catering. We have a process for our announcer. We have a process for our referees. There's We have a process for how our um, coaches get their audio taken care of, everything. Everything has a process. And if you do that right, and you set up 10 or 12 processes each year, then eventually you will not have, you will not have to come up with a process anymore. So for example, let's take the, the ticket counter process. I have a specific process of how I 
set up my tickets, how I set up my cash register, um, how I set up my season tickets, my will call passes, everything, right? And then if I don't like how things went last year, I pull it up on the computer, I'm able to just change some of the directions or instructions that are given to my ticket gate person. I don't have to do it all over again. The other great thing about this is I have a printout at every station. I have a printout at my gate ticket sales, right? And they have instructions. So if I were to get sick that day or had to leave with a player in an ambulance or wasn't able to be at the game or broke my leg or whatever, I know that the ticket sales person would be able to follow those steps, one, two, three, four, five, and be able to successfully do and complete all the things that need to be done at ticket sales. My concession stands as well. I don't just kind of throw out the food there and say, here, set this all up and here's the, here's the cash register, go. We have a process and a procedure for everything. What gets done first, what gets done second, what gets done third. If you guys could, I'm not saying that you have to do 20 or 30 of them. Do 10 this year. Get those processes written down. Print them out, have them with the project leader or the person that does that. Okay? And then next year, tweak those project, treat tweak those processes, right? And create 10 more for other areas. Assistant coaching coaches, uh, water people, merchandise, inside the locker room, outside the locker room, announcer. We would have for the, for the Lone Star Mustangs, we actually had an audio recording of the songs and they were spliced, right? So you didn't have to listen to a whole three minute song and then a whole three minute song. We had it already created so we could go up to the audio booth at HEB, Hearst Euless Bedford um, Stadium, and hit play. And it would play a minute of one song, a minute of another, a minute of another, a minute of another. And it would just go through. But we knew that once we put that in, we had 30 to 60 minutes of audio done. So then when our announcer went in there, right, he could do his announcing. But then all he had to have to do is hit play and hit the next track. And he knew that he had 60 tracks on there, 61 minute tracks. So um, national anthem, we always have a recording of the national anthem ready. We're not searching for it. We're not pulling it up on YouTube the minute we get there. We have a recording of it. So if we had somebody plan to do the national anthem and they don't show up, guess what? We have it taken care of and it's in a little box that goes up to the announcer's room, all nice and pretty, all set up, ready to go for the day, okay? Okay, let me get back to my thing here. Okay, so just as a review, so we're going, we have our product, our audience, our value, asking questions, developing our processes. The next, the, the next one is, Gather or connect with solid partners. This is internal and external partners. If you guys aren't don't understand this. So 
your coaching staff, your players, um, your referees, your announcer, this, your marketing, your social media, etc. These are your internal partners. Your external partners being sponsors. Um, I guess an external partner could also be your announcer and your referee. Those could be external if they're not part of your um, crew on a daily basis. But what you want to make sure is that you are creating good foundational partnerships with these people. Now, I get it. Women's football, a ton of it is volunteer. And we've had the same obstacles as you guys have had. You know, you set up with somebody that's going to do on uh, live streaming, online live streaming, and they don't show up. What do you do? Now we don't have live streaming. Um, then you have somebody that you pay $100 for live streaming. They don't show up. Well, shit, you probably had to pay the person the $1,000 a game to do live streaming to get them to want to come. You know, I don't know what it is about people, but um, you really need to make sure that the partnerships that you're setting up, whether they're volunteer, whether they're trade, whether they're financial, whatever it is, whether it's your business partners, you need to make sure that they are solid and quality partnerships, okay? And then kind of my last kind of go-to, and I already said this about processes, but you need to analyze all these and fix them. So if last year you had 25 players and it sucked and you were just hustling every day and having a hard time getting people to practice and it's 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 really difficult when you have 25 players and you call a practice and only 13 show up because you can't practice offense on defense with 13 players right so it's very important to go back to those numbers again if you had 25 last year and it was really just kind of surviving you need to up those numbers so that you're thriving you need to fix it. You need to analyze it and fix it. Every component of your women's football team, you need to analyze it and fix it. Did your ticket booth process work last year? Why not? Fix it. Were your referees quality referees last year? If not, fix it. Okay. So that's kind of the, I don't know, five, six steps, six steps, I guess, that I take. Um, but I want to go back and kind of get into the expansion of that. So I talk about laying a good foundation, setting up a good foundation in your women's football team. If you feel that you have the foundational things set and ready to go, then you can start to increase. It's not like additives or accessories or the hamburger, the french fries or the, the additive or the upsell, right? You're increasing the amount of things to enhance your product, right? You're increasing the value. You're increasing or expanding your audience, depending on what you're doing, okay? So let's go back to the very, very beginning and talk about that product again. So if you've got a good foundational product, right, then you can start expanding. Most people, the next step is merchandise or concessions um, some some teams aren't allowed to sell concessions 
So what I'm talking about is not other things that you can offer on game day, but expanding the nature of your product, expanding the things that you offer to potential buyers to upsell your product. So whether that's merchandise, whether that's customized merchandise, whether that's um, party invitations to an exclusive party with your team, you need to decide what those products are. Um, some teams are doing a really cool thing where um, it's more of a workout with the team. So, so they're creating like a personal trainer, personal training uh, relationship where you come out to the field and you work out with the team three times a week as a workout. And then if you want to do more, then you can become a player and get equipment and travel with the team. So they've kind of created a different business model than just women's football. Um, some teams are doing that opposite. Um, you have a football team, but then you're offering the opportunity for other people to come work out with you. Um, they do it more of a like a membership, like $30 a month membership gets you three nights a week working out. And then in addition to that, if you want to become a player, you can become a player. Um, typically, other products are, now real quick, so you understand that that is a service. So when, the team that switched that up, and I'm not going to use their name right here, but the team that switched that up that I know of, that is doing, they're, they're creating a service, okay? So not only do they have the product, the women's football team, but they are also... Uh, creating a service to the community to get other women involved that might not be too interested in women's football, but they want to work out on a, a three time a week basis with and do that kind of workout. They don't want to do an in the gym workout. They don't want to go to Planet Fitness. They want to do a physical uh, moving, you know, moving around outside on a football field kind of workout. Okay. So that's a service. Other products are the merchandise. Um, other products might be candy bars, concession stand things. Um, there's a variety of different products, koozies, whatever. Um, jackets, bags, all different kinds of things, right? Okay, so let's talk about the audience. So once you've got your foundational audience, um, and I believe, I feel that a lot of teams need to work on their foundational audience before they start working on additional audience. But um, a, lot of a lot of people get nervous about this because they just kind of try to go, I don't want any audience. I don't care who they are. I don't care what kind of person they are. I want any audience, right? So it's important to make sure that you are tapping into as many of your foundational audience as possible first, and then you will pick up those accessories or ancillary um, people that aren't necessarily in your foundational audience um, that kind of just tag along, right? Sorry, my throat is so dry. But once you get done with really focusing on your foundational audience and you decide to expand, you want to go back to that branding again, right? 
You want to go back to that branding and say, what is the next audience or next two types of audience that are in line with my brand? So if the first one's children, then the second one probably isn't the elderly. Or if the first one is, I don't know, the first one is physically fit people that like CrossFit and mud races, the second one probably isn't um, people that don't like to work out, right? It's going to be a, a tangent. It's going to be off a little bit from your original. So let's say your first one's children. Your second one might be adolescents. Or the second one might be parents of children or new adults or college students, whatever it is. If your original uh, audience is under 12, then your second audience might be over 12, 12 to 18. Okay, so I hope this is making sense to you guys. Stick with the foundational, work that as good as you possibly can, and then expand in your next step. Okay, value, okay. Okay, first of all, we need to get rid of discounting, right? Stop, stop, stop discounting. You can do a $2 off here, or a dollar off here, or a Groupon, if you get connected with a Groupon program or entertainment club coupon, whatever. But ultimately, you need to pick the price of your product and keep it there, okay? This is how much it is. You need to keep adding in value that your audience perceives as value so that they have no doubt that they want to pay, instead of $10, they want to pay $15. So that you can increase your value to them, increase your price to them, and increase your perceived value to them. Right? So if you now charge $10, you need to make sure that it's worth 20 bucks. The perceived value of that. What are they going to get for 20 for a value of $20 if they only pay 10? What would they get for $15? If you want to up your price to 15, okay? How can you change it? How can you change their perception of what you do and still be able to charge $15? Okay. Ask questions. There's really not much I can tell you as far as going to the next level. Asking more questions. You guys should be asking so many questions, especially uh, people that are new to the industry. Um, a lot of people just kind of, oh, hear that this person's in it, and then they just believe what that person says. Um, you need to check around. You need to make sure that the people that say that they know about something really do know about it. The people that say that they can... They make this much money on a fundraiser, have them do the numbers for you. Have them show you uh, because you need to ask as many questions so that you can become the best in women's football, okay? If you want to become a better team in women's football, why not become the best, okay? Develop processes. So how can you do this even better, okay? Again, you want to set up your basic processes. If you haven't already, get that done. If you have your basic processes down, then you need to expand um, delegating duties to additional people so that lower level people can do those so that you can expand the 
um, processes of the upper level employees or staff members or interns, etc. Okay. Gathering solid sponsors. So you guys have your few sponsors now. We all have a few sponsors, right? What you need to be doing is making sure that those sponsors are getting what they want out of your sponsorship. A lot of women's football teams, they get a $1,000 sponsor, they get a $2,000 sponsor. And the next year that sponsor doesn't come back because they didn't get, they didn't see the value. They didn't get the value from working with your team. So you start all over. Okay. A lot of teams do this or a lot of teams told them that they were going to get A, B, C, D, and they only got A, B. So if you're promised A, B, C, D, you need to give it to them because it doesn't only hurt your women's football team, but it hurts all the other women's football teams as well. Because when we go and call on those people, they say, look, I partnered with so-and-so before, and they told me they were going to do this, and they didn't do it, so we're not going to partner with anybody anymore. And that's what happens. Okay, analyzing and fixing. So from a foundational standpoint, we're going to analyze what we did before. We're going to fix anything that we did wrong. We got 25 players last time, and we weren't very good that way, or we weren't happy with it. Then we're going to get 35 this year. We analyze and fix it. Now, analyze, fix, and grow. Analyze, fix, and grow. So if you analyzed it and then you fixed it, what can you add on? What can you do in addition to to make it even better? Okay. This is building the foundation of your women's football team. And if you can figure out your product and then add products, figure out your audience and then add to your audience, figure out your value, add to your value, right? Ask questions, ask more questions, ask more questions. Create processes, add to your processes, and then analyze any of that stuff and fix it. And then analyze it, fix it, and grow it, expand it. I hope this makes sense. The issue that I have here is that I can't get into the specifics because every one of your women's football teams does things differently. They approach things differently. So some of you guys have coupons right on the back of your tickets. Some of your game day tickets are little two-part raffle tickets. Some of you guys buy tickets. Some of you guys um, make tickets. Uh, same thing with concession stands. Some of you guys don't have concession stands. Some of you do. Some of you do food trucks. Some of you have a restaurant, cater, all different kinds of things. So you guys need to apply these principles to what you're doing in your women's football team and ultimately lead to the minimum right minimum playing all of your eight season games having enough players and being able to fund the whole season three basics right there that's it three basics okay i hope you guys had a good time today um, it was a lot of informational stuff we're going to next week go into part three. Last week was legitimizing women's football with the uh, providing accurate and complete information through the news sources that are actually um, covering women's football and making sure that those news sources are providing correct information. 
Today I talked about foundational basic uh, components, basic principles of your women's football team, making sure that those are solid before trying to change and grow and expand into these different areas that other teams might be doing. Next week we'll talk about expansion and growth in women's football and what women's football can really be in the future. I hope you guys had a great day. Thank you so much for connecting with me. You can reach out. Um, we've been getting a lot of communication through website, email, etc. Feel free to contact us in any way and we will um, get on to your topics. We have two more topics after this that we're already starting on because of people inquiring about it. So thank you guys for your time and effort. Thanks for listening to Women's Football Success and thanks for having um, an interest in creating a successful women's football team. You guys have a good week. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.